0: Dorland and welcome to the Marmot's Hole podcast brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. I'm of course joined each week by Robert Kohler, magazine editor here in Seoul who for years operated the Marmot's Hole blog at RJKohler.com. Today we'll start with a short discussion of three recent stories and then focus on South Korea being named the number one country for innovation in the world. That's right. Number one for innovation, so we'll be talking about that. But, Rob, h- how have you been lately? I- I've noticed the last couple of podcasts, I just jumped right into it. I don't even ask you how you are.
1: Oh, I've been, you know, doing okay.
0: You know, basically, you know,
1: same shit, just bigger pile,
0: you know. Um... Well, maybe that's why I didn't ask then. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're spending a lot of time on photography, so has that been taking up a lot of your free time?
1: Well, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my free time, such as it is, Um you know, it's uh, it's been a pretty busy January. Um, you know, uh, at my you know my day job, so um, yeah, all things considered, doing okay. You know, and publishing if you know with publishing nowadays, if you have work, it's yeah, you know, you're doing okay.
0: Yeah, and don't complain, I guess then, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Knock. You won't hear me
1: complaining here.
0: Kind of the same in radio, actually. So uh, I guess no complaints coming from either of us. But uh, we're doing things a little differently today. We're going to start with three stories, kind of run through them, kind of like an update of what's going on, and then we'll focus once again on uh, Korea being the number one country for innovation. But let's first get to those three stories. Well, uh, unless you were under a rock this weekend uh, here in South Korea, you probably heard Jeju was cut off by snow in Korea's coldest weather in more than a decade. The korea Daily reports that Jeju City, where of course the international airport is located, suffered its biggest blizzard since 1984. And the runways of Jeju's international airport were shut down from about 5.50 p.m. on Saturday to at least 9 a.m. Monday morning, canceling more than 800 flights. This apparently stranded something like 90,000 people. I've read in a couple of different articles. And on Sunday, more than 4,000 travelers went to the airport, you know, expecting to leave, but they had to sleep there. The Ministry of Land and Transportation apparently offered some of these people uh, lots of different things 300 blankets, 100 mats, 500 loaves of bread, uh, 2,000 bottles of water. But many still ended up sleeping on the freezing floor, and there were not enough supplies to go around. Um, So, some bad things happening in Jeju. A friend of mine on Facebook was actually posting updates. It uh, didn't look so great there at the airport, Rob.
1: No, I mean, you know, that being said, there are worse places to, uh, you know, to get. To get snowed in the Jeju Do, right?
0: Well, I mean, on a on a good time, getting delayed at Jeju Do would be great. But yeah, I mean, I I mean, I hear I don't know if if this is uh how would you say verified, but I hear they were like selling mats to people, or not even mats, just like cardboard to people, so that they could sleep on the ground on something other than just the cold floor.
1: Yeah, I I recall hearing something to that effect. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, an airport like. You know, uh, an airport like 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 Cheju International Airport. They just you know they're not. Yeah, I'm not sure if one can expect them to be prepared for such a for for such a such a situation. But um, yeah, it's it, you know, obviously it it, it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't help the Korean tourism industry
0: but it sounds like they weren't so prepared um i was looking at this from a couple other different news outlets i saw something that um despite jeju you know being a hotbed of tourism for not only koreans but also chinese people um they apparently didn't have chinese language specialists translators at the airport um until saturday at some point even though you know lots of chinese speakers were there um apparently like i said there there weren't enough things to go around Um, But people were saying that they're kind of just like passing the blame off to the passengers um, and they felt like there wasn't a lot of uh, help going around. And then also, um, I think someone from the transportation ministry um, actually said, so they confirmed that there were not any plans. So I guess, you know, up to now, there still aren't any plans for such a snow situation in Jeju. So they kind of just rolled with the punches and did what they thought they should do.
1: Right. Which is a little bit odd because, I mean, it's not I mean, I get that. Cheju, it's a subtropical island, and you know you, you're not really you're not really expecting to see the kind of weather that they got you know over the last week. But that being said, it it does snow a lot on that island. So you know, and the, given the amount of Chinese tourism that they're getting, it's it's kind of you know it does leave you scratching your head why they wouldn't have you know. Chinese-speaking personnel on hand to deal with that kind of situation, you know. But hopefully, it's a learning experience. Um, you know that Jeju is also getting a second airport.
0: Yeah, second airport. That military base is coming online. Everything's changing in Jeju. Chinese people are buying lots of property, angering some South Koreans.
1: Well, actually, there was an article. Uh, I forget where I saw it today. Actually, Bloomberg. Um,
0: Seoul people are going there now, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's been happening for a while, but it's 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 on the increase now um, where a lot of people are just getting fed up with with Seoul and just moving down to Cheju. Truth be told, I've, you know, uh, fantasized about doing that on a a number of occasions as well. Um, Have you been to the island?
0: No, I never have. Um, because of work and my girlfriend's schedule, we've been trying to think of a time we could go together for more than just like a couple of days, like you know, make it worth it. Um, but we'll probably just have to head for a couple of days at some point because it just there's not really a let up for either of us. But she's been there multiple times. She speaks very highly of it. Um, a lot of my friends have been there. I actually know people who live there now because it's just so right. cheap. It's kind of like an artist community. Um, yeah, we'll
1: see how that long long that lasts. By the way,
0: well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's true. But I mean, from what I hear, I mean, if you do it right and, you know, just like you're saying, everyone in Seoul is just kind of getting fed up. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Um, yeah, you know, before I went down there for the first time, I'd heard it talked up so much that I really was, I was expecting something of a letdown and, uh, I, it was, I wasn't let down at all. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic place. Um, you know, in terms of just the natural environment, uh, is, especially if you like volcanoes, I love volcanoes. You know, I, I, I have a thing for volcanoes. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's wonderful people. there are really friendly. Um, uh, it's a great place. I mean, you know, there's, a, uh, you know, hiking trails that, that, that follow the entire coastline of the island. And those are fantastic. Food's fantastic. um, yeah, I I I could I, I couldn't recommend the island enough. And if you have if you're lucky enough to be able to move down there and support yourself, um, yeah, I I I'd, I'd go in a heartbeat.
0: So moving on here, uh, a university student from Ohio has been detained in North Korea for a quote hostile act. The Korea JoongAng Daily reports North Korea's state media saying. The University of Virginia student entered the country under the guise of being a tourist, but then plotted against North Korean unity with a, quote, tacit connivance of the U.S. government and under its manipulation, end quote. But other details aren't really available. Uh, However, a China-based tour company has confirmed one of its customers had been detained in Pyongyang. So this looks like something that I know people have done actually multiple times. Um, You go to China, you fly to North Korea, and then you hopefully come back. But that last part didn't make it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, look, um, you know, if you're going to go to North Korea and I have friends that have been, you know, that have gone to North Korea and, you know, I'm not going to lecture anybody uh, on, you know, and tell them not to go, but it's one of those things that you you definitely, you know, you pay your monies and you take your chances. Right. Um, yeah. Y- the good news is if you're white, um, actually, are you, I I was reading, uh, the, uh, one free Korea, uh, blog, uh, Justin Stanton's blog. He has a post about this, which, you know, um, and, uh, you know, he points out that, you know, the good news is if you're white, um, they'll usually, they might detain you for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and they'll treat you relatively well and, Eventually, you'll come out, you know, uh, actually, I'm looking at it now, you'll be released in none the worse for wear and perhaps wiser. Right. Now, if you're a Korean American. Um, that's a different story. And you're more likely to get mistreated, you know, more likely to be in there for a while, you know, especially if uh, you you were caught doing something the North Koreans really don't like, which is, you know, like, uh,
0: wasn't there like a uh, ethnic Korean who was caught proselytizing? Right. Yeah. I could see them not being happy with that.
1: Right. So, um, you know, one guy, in fact, one who I, you know, believe died. I was a Kim dong Sheikh who died in, in, uh, in, in North Korean custody. Right. So, If you're going to go to North Korea, um, you really need to be on your best. I don't know what this kid did or if he did anything, you know.
0: Well, I was reading up on him. And and once again, I don't know. So I I don't want to throw anything out there. But apparently uh, Dean's List, um, you know, went to university, at least from what I've seen, didn't seem like obvious troublemaker, you know.
1: No. Right. I mean, I, you know, um, where do you go? UVA?
0: Yeah. The University of Virginia
1: yeah i mean i like i said i don't really know um you know north koreans aren't saying it. and other than that you know he did something that uh what was the what was the uh turn of phrase that they used? something
0: uh plotted against north korean unity with quote the tacit connivance of the u.s government and under its manipulation so whatever that means
1: right i mean who, who the hell knows um and more to the point probably who cares um You know, this is like I said, this is not the first time the North Koreans have done this. Um, You know, it's 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 part it's it's part of how they roll. And uh,
0: but but yeah, it's not the first time it's part of how they rule. So, I mean, like, I don't like restricting anyone's freedom in certain areas, but like we weren't supposed to go to Cuba for a long time. And now that's changing. Should we not be going to North Korea?
1: I mean, I would argue that we should not You know, nobody should be going to North Korea. Um yeah I mean, we don't have any diplomatic uh representation there so if you get in trouble, you know I think uh if you get which of the Scandinavian countries handles that you know kind of uh as a courtesy to us take care of uh, you know when our guys get in trouble up there but um yeah, I mean it's you, it, you definitely you're taking a risk um especially when you're dealing with a regime that's shown a propensity for um creative fundraising.
0: But should you be allowed to to take that risk? Because then the issue of comes up of like, well, it's a U.S. citizen. We have to rescue. I mean, I remember Bill Clinton went there one time to secure someone's freedom. There's that great picture of him with the leader at the time. And, you know, every time this this happens, it's like, well, what's going to happen to this person? Oh, well, yeah.
1: I mean, well, that goes with I mean, in that case it was two young women. So you, <laughs> you, you know, Bill Clinton's going to be flying over there. Um
0: because, like, an American gets stuck in Cuba. It's not an international incident. I know plenty of people that travel to Cuba, but, you know, I mean, Cuba was Cuba. It's just right off the coast of Florida. I mean, this is North Korea. And once again, I don't want to limit anyone, but, like, it's a little different of a situation.
1: Actually, it's it's actually, it's it's actually funny that you bring up Cuba because I remember reading, oh, it was a couple of years ago. Um, it was an Italian journalist with some Catholic newspaper and— uh, in uh in Italy anyway he was uh he went to North Korea to do a story and i think he was at the bar of the uh, corio hotel which i guess back then was pretty much like the foreign hangout and uh while he was at the bar he ended up meeting a, uh, a cuban diplomat up in pyongyang and uh so he asked him what he thought of North Korea and the cuban guy goes this place is fucked up in <laughs> verbatim he's like I, I don't know what this is, but it's not communism.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Everyone always well, I don't know if everyone, but it, it gets often gets labeled as a communist state, but really, it's a totalitarian government that's military first.
1: Yeah, it's 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 definitely in a uh, in a in a, in a, in a league all its own. But anyway, back to the the point in terms of should you travel, should you, should should you be allowed to travel there? Um, look, I, I, I like you. I'm not a fan of telling americans where they can or cannot go um you know the most you can possibly do is tell somebody that look you know we're we're advising you not to go to this particular country and if you get in trouble you're on your own but politically speaking that's never happens right because once you get in trouble in that country it gets in the news and then your government's under a lot of pressure to do something to get you out regardless of what you regardless of how much you warn the guy not to go there in the first place i mean even with korea i mean you know for example when uh you know your missionaries get in trouble you know you end up getting caught in places like afghanistan or yemen or somewhere like that and i mean you know it's not like the foreign ministry doesn't tell them warn them ahead of time don't do this but you know once you know once once an event you know once an event begins you know uh you have to react to it, you know. No, no government's going to say, "Hey, we told you not to go, so you're on your own." You know, you, you just hope that over gradually over time, people wise up and say, "Hey, you know, um, yeah, maybe this isn't the, you know, maybe uh, yeah, there are plenty of other, you know, uh, miserable dictatorships in the world I can uh, visit."
0: Oh, <laughs> please. We have brochures of plenty of places you could go. Well, I mean, I, I have friends who have gone there multiple times. They've always said that it's it's been a good experience. They they enjoyed it. And um, aside from it being expensive, they, they would go back. So I think that as long as it's still somewhat low end like kidnapping if you will like it's not every day someone gets taken it's not every month even that someone gets taken you know perhaps as, as long as it's still low like this and like you said the people still get released um, at least you, you made the difference between like a white westerner versus a, an ethnic Korean um, as long as that's still the case you know barring some major conflict you know people are still probably going to keep going
1: I, I must confess it is another thing about traveling to North Korea I mean a lot of people want to go to North Korea because they want to see this yeah because it is I mean, it is a unique place, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people want to see that before, you know, it eventually disappears, you know, or hopefully disappears one day. Anyway, um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to... Cause like I said, I have friends who have been to North Korea, so I'm trying to put this in a, in a way that's... In fact, I have one friend who kind of, you know... Uh, who uh, deals with, uh, you know, international, you know, who specializes like in international exchange programs with North Korea. Um, You know, I I get that for a certain kind of tourist, uh, North Korea is going to be, um, and uh, it's going to be an attractive place because so few people go there. And it is so different from really the rest of the planet. Um, But, it is, I I can't help but feel like if you're going, if you're going there for that, you know, that it's somewhat similar to look, you know, I'm sure in 19, you know, 1930s Germany um, was a very unique place and, you know, uh, you know, say what you will about fascist architecture, but, it, you know, it can be impressive.
0: They had the so, best looking uniforms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you know, Hugo Boss didn't design the, uh, the Korean people's army uniforms, now did he? Um, but yeah, it, is, it seems like almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, poverty, poor, uh, poverty tourism.
0: Uh, yeah, but a little different. Not Cause like you said, there's plenty of places you could go to see that.
1: Right, and he, and actually, from what I from what I understand, it would be when you go to North Korea, you're not going to see a lot of poverty.
0: Right? Yeah, the people I know who have gone there, you go to specific areas, or you stay at kind of like at like a resort type of place, and then you're just allowed to go here and there. Uh, but I remember actually one person I know who went to North Korea multiple times. One of the trips, um, I, I think it was a festival. It was a festival and there were like fireworks or so there were celebrations in the city. Right. And so they, if I remember correctly, I don't want to make anything up, but I believe they just told him and the other group of people he was with, you have like an hour or two come back. And he was just right. able to walk around and he went up and he talked to people um, and he said it was really interesting. And it only happened that one time that he was allowed to do that because he'd been right. back multiple times. And so, yeah, he said it was exhilarating. He wants to go back again.
1: Well, look, my personal feelings about tourism to the North Korea side, there is an argument to be made that by, and certainly, you know, I, my friends will make that, is, you know, that um, by promoting uh, and engaging in uh, civilian uh, exchanges with North Korea by promoting interaction between you know westerners and you know North Koreans, you can uh, start breaking through you know the breaking through the the wall and uh, you know show North Koreans, look, you know not all Americans are uh, or or not all westerners are jackals and um, you know we're all just people, and uh you know you could start changing opinions, start changing ideas plus you know if 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 North Korea sees that there's a way to make money from tourism and enough money from tourism it might you know it, it might moderate their behavior you know by by promoting tourism to north korea you're 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 bringing them into the global economy you're going to encourage them to behave better internationally, um, that you'll be able to bring, you know, like I said, you bring change, you know, on a person-to-person level uh, in open minds and you know, open hearts. So I think there is, you know, that is that argument to be made. I won't make it, but certainly. Um, <laughs> um, um, but certainly. Certainly it exists. Who, there are other people who will. And, 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 it's, and, it, and it is a uh, an argument that deserves respect. I mean, like I said, just because I personally think it's a bad idea doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean that it is
0: We'll see what happens with uh, this recent person uh, being held uh, U.S. citizen for a, quote, hostile act. We'll see what happens with that, of course. Um, And then finally here, third story we want to go to before we get to Bloomberg's news. Uh, South Korea enacted tougher laws against unruly passengers. and We've heard about this before. The BBC reporting under these new rules, passengers will have to pay a higher fine if they disturb the pilot. And transport officials say they revised the law because of public demand here in South Korea. Of course, we remember that came from Heather Cho, convicted last February after ordering a plane back to the airport to offload a steward who served her nuts in a bag, not in a bowl. Macadamia nuts, this was nut rage, this was that whole thing. Um, And of course, she was able to cause that fuss because aside from being the vice president of Korean Air at the time, she's also the daughter of the airline's chairman. So after confronting the flight staff, she ordered the plane, which was at JFK Airport, to turn back get rid of the chief steward. Uh, So now anyone under the new law uh, who disturbs the pilot during the flight could face up to five years in prison or a 50 million won fine. Uh, That's not a lot of money. It's about less than $50,000, but it is a big jump because uh, previously there was no jail term and it was only 5 million won. So a little less than $5,000. Interesting thing here. Crew members are now compelled to hand over unruly passengers to the police or they could risk a 10 million won fine. So it's funny. That in the incident where a very rich, uh, privileged woman was abusing crew members, they're now (laughs) compelled to hand over unruly passengers to the police. So even now they can get in trouble.
1: Right. I mean, you're not going to hear me complain too much about this. I mean, um, obviously, the nut rage uh, incident with Heather Cho, that was that one got the most attention. But I mean, that wasn't the first incident incident of. of passengers, particularly passengers who were executives with, you know, large corporations, um, essentially being dicks on planes, um, and making scenes on planes. Um, I, I don't this is kind of, I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but you should never, you should never be an asshole to the flight, you know, crew. Um, But you definitely shouldn't be bothering the pilot. I do feel somewhat bad for the flight staff now that, you know, now that they're facing, you know, large fines if they don't turn somebody over to the police. I mean, that's might be going a little bit overboard. But yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, you, you know, especially with incidents like this, you just need to, you know, you need to send a statement, make a statement,
0: right? But are they really making that much of a statement? I mean, she got convicted. I think she was in jail for, like, five months, and then she was let go, and I, I think one of them was overturned, but, uh, like, she she was, the conviction was overturned for, like, changing the flight path, but it was still kept for, um, like, disturbing a crew member or causing a disturbance or something like that, so... I, I don't know if if the message was really sent. I mean, the the message that I'm hearing is that if you're in power, you can fight it, and people will forget, and then they'll talk about something else. And
1: I think that's part of the purpose of the new law.
0: Well, it's but it's but it's, it's a fifty million won fine and five years in prison. But I mean, I'm sure. Well,
1: granted, for somebody like Heather Cho, you know a fifty a fifty mil uh, you know uh, a, with essentially fifty thousand US is not a lot, but for a lot of other people, including a lot of other you know, even, you know, wealthier individuals, that's still going to be, that's still a a hefty chunk of change.
0: Uh, I think you're underestimating what wealthy individuals have under their.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe, I mean, look, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a night out, right. It's, you know, that's, that's still a, that's still a hefty chunk, and then there's you know the potential jail sentence to it. So I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't
0: know, but it's like everything in South Korea. It's could face up to five years in prison. I mean, right? Everything in all the all the big laws in South Korea, and I've talked about this time and time again in the reporting that I do here. I've heard other people talk about it. I've I've seen people write about it. The, the law is always written where it's up to. So if you get charged, that's the first thing you have to get charged. The right. second thing is it's up to, so it could be anywhere from nothing to five years. And right. then when you get convicted, you fight it and you do something else, and then you get out of it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen in other countries because it obviously does. But I right. mean this this doesn't seem to do anything. I, I think this is just a token.
1: So so are you are you arguing for minimum uh, sentencing uh,
0: requirements for for making the plane turn around? Are you, well, that's, look, that's, you? thats, know, that's I a mean, minimum sentence requirement, if I've ever heard of one. I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, well, look—I I think a lot of people would agree with you, but uh, you know, I mean, the the the, the you know the cons- the idea of minimum sentencing requirements is now becoming somewhat controversial in the United States now.
0: Well, right? they're becoming controversial when it comes to drug offenses, and and I think Barack Obama just made it so you can't have underage offenders and um, solitary confinement. I mean, those types of things make sense, but this is a, a well-off individual who made a conscious decision with planes. You can't mess with planes.
1: Well, no, no, you can't, but, uh, you know, um, again, it's like, do you want to, you really want to institute minimum sentence requirements on this?
0: Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going yeah. overboard here, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, that's fine. I don't know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> will I mean, you know, we'll leave it I mean, there.
1: I mean, someone could argue that you know, you know, being a drug dealer or whatnot is kind of a bigger deal than being an asshole on a plane. But you know, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah. I
0: mean, certainly in Korea, in different ways is. you can look at this. Yeah, I mean, but just you know, country to country, I don't you know, but di- you know, different topics. But
1: I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, certainly. Now, as you pointed out, she got
0: off. Re- the worst thing that happened here was just that she was made, you know, a a topic in the news. I mean, that was the worst thing here.
1: Right. Um, and, and yeah, she she's she's not going to generate a lot of sympathy. She She's not a sympathetic character.
0: It is what it is. I'm not I'm not saying she's a murderer or something like that. But, you know, it just seems obvious what happened happened. And then she was able to, you know
1: yeah somewhat yeah. get and, out of
0: her responsibility and
1: again it's not just that she was you know you know uh irresponsibly yeah you know, that she acted irresponsibly on an airplane you know this all gets tied in with you know the certain phenomena social phenomenon invo- invo- involving hierarchical relationships where you know uh people in higher social positions will occasionally act In in ways that are uh, really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, indelicate (laughs) Um, and and downright, you know, exploitive. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, so many things that were wrong with that incident that, yeah, it really goes without saying
0: well, uh, I feel bad that we're even talking about it because we've been talking about this for so long. So let's yeah. let's move along now. Our main story here. Um, it's really interesting because I'm actually doing a report on this now. So I've actually interviewed a few different people. Um, and so let, let's discuss. Bloomberg writes now that in the world of ideas, South Korea is king. That's because in the 2016 Bloomberg Innovation Index, South Korea is number one. And the way they write it is that really there shouldn't even be like a number two because South Korea seems to be the obvious number one, but it's number one followed by number two, Germany, number three, Sweden, Japan, Switzerland. That's the top five Um, economies in the index were scored using factors, including research and development spending, as well as concentration of high tech public companies. South Korea received top scores for manufacturing value added as well as tertiary efficiency, a measure that includes enrollment in higher education and the concentration of science and engineering graduates, which we both know South Korea has in spades. So uh, while Korea was rather low, uh, for instance, in productivity, it was number 39, which is obviously far from number one. It was second for R&D intensity, high tech density and patent activity and also ranked sixth for researcher concentration. So generally high up other than productivity. I mean, there are only 50 countries in the index and it was number 39, not very good. Um, and as I mentioned, I've interviewed a few people about this. Um, the main article from Bloomberg, I interviewed that uh, journalist, and uh, she told me that the real issue is South Korea, since they're so far uh, above even number two, Germany, is just getting the bang for its buck that it should be getting. Um, because it's no secret, as she talked about, that South Korea has a lot of factors that limit how much the country could really benefit from even the very innovative you know, system that it has. Uh, One example that we talked about, and she uh, wrote in the article while speaking to another expert, was that if you're in South Korea and you work for a company, you know, a J-Ball like Samsung or something else, if you come up with a really good idea, you don't start your own company and try to make millions. Usually you bring the idea to the management. That can have some benefits, that can have some drawbacks, but basically that can kill a lot of really good ideas if, you know, if they're not into it or, you know, everything with uh, bureaucracy and stuff like that, nothing's going to really get through. So uh, that was one of the problems we talked about. Some of the other countries in the list uh, were the U.S. at number eight, Russia at twelve, the U.K. at seventeen, Canada at nineteen, Australia at twenty, China at twenty-one, Hong Kong at thirty-seven, India at forty-five, and the last country, number fifty, was Kazakhstan. So, uh, Robert, first off, what do you think about this? Uh, it's number one innovation ranking for South Korea. No one is going to argue that South Korea doesn't have a lot of third
1: year straight, too,
0: right? Yeah, for a long time, clear winner. No one's going to argue that South Korea isn't a tech hub, but perhaps maybe for some people who live here more than people who just view South Korea from afar, I would not use the word innovative a lot I would probably use something as in like technologically advanced or on the cutting edge, but innovative doesn't quite, I think, sum up South Korea the way some people might like it to for the number one country in this index.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, okay, we need to, um, I mean, the tech companies like, you know, like Samsung, obviously, but, you know, LG, um, yeah, you know, other tech companies out there. I mean, they do a lot of innovative work, and it's not just in the stuff that we know about. You know, it's not just like with smartphones or 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 TVs. There's a lot of innovation going on in terms of you know other you know you know related to related and unrelated technologies, and you know, you know monitors and, and 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 whatnot. So, I mean, there is a lot of innovation going on. There's no doubt about that, and you know, especially given the kind of money that they're pumping into R and D. Um, that that shouldn't come as a surprise, but as the Bloomberg uh, article pointed out, um, and not just the Bloomberg article, but uh, even if you read the OECD report on uh, the they, the OECD uh, two years ago did a uh, a review of uh, innovation policy across the uh, you know amongst member states, and if you uh, read, uh, actually, you should say point out of the 2009 report, but. Uh, If you read their report on Korea, I mean, they point out that yeah, I mean, Korea has very high uh, levels of uh, spending on R and D, some of the highest in the world. Uh, A lot of that is actually uh, by private companies, such as uh, Samsung, obviously, but others as well. Um, And yes, it does have a very highly educated labor force, but um, there are certain bottlenecks that uh, restrict. Uh, what what they would call what they say is uh, what, what what the report says is uh, creates economic uh, convergence uh, with the leading OECD economy. So why there's a certain there are limits there, and uh, again uh, the uh, the Bloomberg uh, report did point out some of them, namely if you do come up with if you if you're an engineer at well let's say Samsung. Uh, if you're an engineer there, you're likely to you come up with an idea, you're going to pitch it to your bosses and not, uh, you know, or not, you know, not to a venture firm, or you're not going to go out and start your own firm. Um, and plus, even within the companies, you have, uh, you know, wages being determined by, uh, tenure and seniority. Uh, there's, uh, no, uh, uh there's a uh, few mobile, uh, pinch, uh, whether there's a lack of, uh, pension uh, um, and uh, there's not a whole lot of movement of people between companies or between sectors, right? So, you know, the Bloomberg uh, article points that out. Now, you know, the Korean uh, government, uh, needless to say, they're, they're happy that the report came out, but in terms of the, the limits, uh, the government is hoping that you know, by uh, passing certain... Uh, labor uh labor reform laws that they've uh, that are currently sitting in the national assembly that they'll be able to uh, get a little bit more prote- productivity going and a little bit more uh, uh, uh movement of, of of labor between companies and between sectors plus they're also hoping that uh they they have that their uh system now of 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 nationwide what they call um what's the english word for these places uh yeah centers for creative economy and innovation which is set up uh in different uh basically one in each city uh in province across the country um uh they're hoping that these will be able to encourage uh kind of a what they call a win-win environment where you know big companies do well and ventures uh companies do well um whether that happens we'll need to wait and see there's already some doubt about um the how effective or how more more to the point how sustainable uh these uh centers of creative economy innovation are because um you know while they're each each center is hooked up with an individual um an individual big company you know for example uh, Seoul's uh, center is uh, associated with uh, CJ where in North Gyeongsang province in Daegu, um their centers are associated with Samsung and you know, if you, throughout the country there's a different big company associated with each center um, there's some questions about how, uh, how sustainable these, the funding of these centers are um, you know, when they opened up uh, initially, um, especially the provincial ones were quite sleepy. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's there's concern that once the, uh, once you have a change of administration here, that these centers are going to go uh, the way that a lot of these kind of pet projects have gone with previous administrations and will just disappear. So, um, like I said, we'll have to wait and see whether these help or not. Um, my own suspicion is is that the problems in terms of getting the venture in, uh, ecosystem uh, up and running in Korea uh, or flourishing in Korea, is, there are much deeper structural problems here that that these centers are just not going to be able to overcome.
0: So, are these structural problems that we keep talking about? are these going to be things that are just going to be in the background and prevent perhaps a more efficient, uh, you know, innovative economy, or is this going to perhaps in the future lead to Korea losing that number one ranking? I mean, like you said, it's, it's not any surprise. They're number one, um, they're pretty far ahead of number two. Um, but is that going to be maintained? I mean, cause, cause like, once again, I, I, I hate to keep coming back to this and, and I don't know that one is, necessarily better than the other but it just seems to me as a, a not a huge tech expert but someone who's been in interested in tech for a long time and decently you know well aware of what's going on creating companies are not perhaps creating new things or we don't think of creating companies as being particularly innovative but once an idea has been established they do it very very well well i mean like I thin, you know thinner tvs uh better washing machines faster smartphones but I don't know if any of that's particularly innovative. I mean, j- just look what's happening now with Chinese smartphones that are coming into Korea and all the fear that they're bringing in with them because they're like $80 compared to hundreds of dollars. Well,
1: what what, what, Korean, what Korean tech firms have been able to do, however, is more than just produce cheaper goods. I mean, they've done a lot of innovation in terms of, for example, you know, uh, you know, uh, monitor technology, screen technology. Um, you, Korean tech firms are doing a lot of really, really interesting work. Um, it's just, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I think part of the thing is, you know, when you look at like, who invented the smartphone, okay, it's the United States that did that, but, um, you know, has Korea produced something like that? Um, maybe not, right? I mean, have they made the, what are they, I guess what you would call a, a game-changing development, right? Uh, maybe not, but how many countries have, right? Um, you know, you, you say, well, you know, once, once a particular technology comes, it, it comes into play, they do it really, really well, but that's no small thing. <laughs> you know, that's where you see a lot of innovation is taking, you know, technologies and making them better, right? So, I, I, that's not the problem that I see. The problem that I see in terms of, uh, vent- the venture ecosystem is that I mean, yeah, the Korean economy is is, is highly dominated by large corporations. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's a small place, and uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Korea is very small uh, it, geographically, it maybe, but it's still a country, of fifty million people. But um, you know, it is uh, it is an economy that's dominated, you know, by the chaebol. Um, and, you know, they get the best talent, they do the most R and D and, uh, you know, it's hard for, and again, even the, uh, you know, OECD pointed this out, um, you know, it's hard for small and medium, uh, sized enterprises, uh, to compete against that, including ventures. Um, you know, again, this is not, uh, this is not something that, you know, this is not a new story this is something that you know administrations have been talking about shit going back as far as i remember back to the community you know, Jung administration everybody's been talking about this but yeah you know, it's a hard thing to change that's uh you know when you're talking about you know creating fundamental changes in the structure of the ukrainian economy that's that's not something that's easily done um that said um you know um with younger people nowadays um there seems to be more of a willingness to strike out on your own um one of the things that venture capitalism really requires is a, a spirit of not being afraid to fail
0: or i would say here perhaps what we're seeing a lot more of is not wanting to go down a certain path a lot of the people that I know that seem to be doing cool things or want to start their own companies or, um, you know, do something different, which is which is often very l- looked down upon here in South Korea. You know, just not working for a large company, and going to right. good school, are people that, in my mind, I don't see them as people who are like, oh, I want to start a company and be like super innovative. They're just like, I don't want to work for this huge company my entire life.
1: Yeah, and should be applauded, really. Um, you know, that's no again, that's no small thing here. Right. So um you see, yeah, you're seeing young people that don't wanna you know the the the, the big corporate life, right? That wanna go out on their own, want to do something cool. Um they're willing to take risks now. Um at least you're seeing more and more people doing that. Um the other thing too, um Actually it was another blogger that I had read. Um,
0: I was going to say, now that you're not in the blogging game, you're still keeping up with the reading.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I do try, you know, uh, it might not seem this way, I uh, seem that way, but I do you know, try to uh, pay at least some lip service for pre- preparation for this podcast. <laughs> um, um, the guy who does soulvillage.com, who's a, a really uh, brilliant uh, blogger, uh, Stephen. I think his last name is, I don't know how to pronounce his, M-O-T, he's a French guy. Um, had the pleasure of meeting him once in uh, a lovely gent. um, don't agree with everything he says. And he's very, uh, he comes from a very different political perspective than I do, but he did write about this. Uh, and he did mention that, um, you know, you're starting to see, uh, you more young people going into, uh, ventures and trying to do something different. And, um, in addition to, you know, criticizing the very top down model of, of of, of of innovation, which he says, you know, fails to fail, and never fails to fail, which I'm not sure is necessarily fair. Like I said, Korea does have, you know, look, you know, three years running the most innovative country in the world. I think, mean, you know, that does say something, even if it's not maybe getting the the kind of bang for its buck. But um, one of the things he'd also note, though, is that um, another... One of the one of the things that might start creating changes in the the way the economy the, the tech sector is structured is foreign competition, namely uh, by by companies like Google. Right, they come in, you know, they begin to they begin to weaken the table's kind of sphere of influence, and uh, you know that might cause changes.
0: But they have to be allowed to come in. Um, A prime example within the last couple of years, and and I don't endorse this company because I know that they've done some things in other countries and, you know, have had some bad drivers that have done some bad things to people, but Uber came into South Korea and they were chased out of town. Um, They're trying to come back now and now we have Kakao Taxi, but I mean that happened. Uh, and and now with these Chinese uh, cell phones, they keep coming up in the news here now that are scaring companies and they're not being allowed to sell them. And then they pop up somewhere else. I mean, these chain balls, they're very innovative and they have uh, a lot going for them, but they're also very protected.
1: Right. And that, by the way, doesn't help, you know, that doesn't help you get bang for your buck, uh, bang for your R&D buck I, uh, either. Right. Is, you know, when you when you do try to yeah, uh, you know, when you do try to shut the competition out, although in Korea's case, you know, when when they're when they're working on this type of innovation, they're doing so you know with the global market in mind, right? So you know, there, the saving grace there is when Samsung is doing its 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 R and D, it's not thinking you know yeah you know, it's it's not thinking about the local market, it's thinking about how do we compete on the U.S. market, right? So. You know there is that, but um, yeah, but still, I mean, look, Google's managed to, you know, uh, you know, even if it's, even if it's, um, what do you call it? It's, it's web browser isn't especially uh, popular here, um, although it's more popular than it used to be.
0: I was gonna say, well, Internet Explorer, I think maybe eight, nine, ten. They're no longer supported by Microsoft, so I think Internet Explorer eleven, I believe, is the last version. And then with new Windows 10, Microsoft Edge, um, that just all switched over in the last couple of weeks. Um, right. So we're starting to see finally kind of a switch over to more open browser systems in, the, in South Korea because they they just can't use Internet Explorer right. anymore. Right.
1: But anyway, but Google's managed to carve out a place for itself, especially in terms of its operating system, right? which, you know, the Android operating system. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, obviously the iPhone was a major disruptive um factor in the korean market you know granted samsung was able to recover from it uh in a major sort of way but you know the iphone has its uh place here so i mean um you know foreign companies can get in it's just you know obviously um you know it, korea can be a tricky market um you know and look you know things like uber look you know Korea's not the only place that Uber's had trouble getting No, exactly. Into.
0: And like I said, um, they've made some horrible mistakes, and they've done some not good things. But I, I was reporting on that when they came here. Everyone I knew that used Uber, they were so happy with it. Everyone was happy with the service. They're happy with the price. They're happy with the convenience. And that's in a country where taxi, at least here in Seoul, taxi service is am- It's really good. It's yeah. really cheap. And Uber was even better on top of that. And they were chased out of town. I mean, it, I think arrest warrants were issued for Uber executives. Right. And obviously they could have worked with the government a little bit more. They could have tried to follow the laws, but it just seemed obvious, at least for, from my perspective, that they just were not welcome. And now we have Cacao Taxi. Yeah,
1: that's, that's that is, I mean, that is a bit humorous, you know, for, you know, work with the government and follow the laws. That's not how Uber rolls. You know, Uber, you know, Uber is, you know modus operandi is go into a place cause hat you know um cause havoc and then you know uh hopefully be uh, you you know when 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 the dust settles uh, that still be standing which you know again I, I i respect the way they do that um you know i i respect what they've been able to achieve but they're definitely not they're not known for playing nice with anywhere that they go and i i'm not surprised that they ran into problems here because uh you know, um, yeah, it's a different bureaucratic beast here than let's say you're dealing with you know city governments in the United States.
0: Yeah, no, I gotta say, too shade to to Seoul and, and touche to shade the government for for like you know shutting them down like. You guys won, but I have I have friends back home that drive. I'm not for sure if Uber. that I don't
1: think that's a positive thing, but yeah. no, I'm just <laughs> saying
0: like touche to them. Like I mean, they fought and you know they didn't want it. Like you know, a, a victory is a victory, whether or not you're on the winning side. But
1: right, and I mean, yeah, not not many not many places can say that. Yeah, you know, I, I thought, I thought Uber and one. Yeah, there won. we are. Yeah, <laughs> and then,
0: like I said, apparently they're coming back with maybe with one because there's different levels of Uber service. Right. But, um, we're about to hit an hour here, Robert. Any final comments you want to make on this Bloomberg article? And, and you know, like I said, I, I I'm not trying to be the, the downer here, but uh, I just, I think South Korea is a great place. I live here by choice, and I'm happy that they're doing well in um, innovation, according to this ranking, but it just, as someone who lives here and reports about South Korea and talks to South Koreans you know, every week for my job, not to mention my friends and things like that, I, just going back to the United States, innovation would not be the word I would use to, to describe South Korea.
1: See, I very much disagree with that. I mean, like I said, um, as, as you pointed out before, yeah, Korea has a reputation for taking existing technologies... And just improving on them, but can, people said the same thing about Japan before too. Um, but I think the the actual situation is a lot more complicated than that. You know, and you know, both IT, biotechnologies, um, you know, cloning. Look, for example, with cloning, right? You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are happening in Korea. They just maybe don't get the kind of press that, um, you know, certain tech, uh, developments do get in, let's say in, in Silicon Valley. Um, so I do think there's a lot of things happening here. I definitely, um, feel like, uh, you know, um, I, I definitely feel like I'm living in a place where a lot of the, uh, future, a lot of the technology that are, that will be, determining our future is being developed right i do feel like you know the future is being made and developed the the future is being developed and made here i do feel that way but yeah i mean there's a lot of self-imposed limitations and uh uh, certainly the government's aware of them uh whether they're doing enough to overcome those that's you know it's a matter for political debate but um yeah. I mean, like the Bloomberg article pointed them out, the OEC pointed them out, the government points them out. So yeah, I guess you know, we'll see how it, uh, we'll see how things develop.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good place to end it there. Um, like I said, we, we, we disagree a little bit, but, uh, hopefully something like this being, you know, no, the number one country for innovation multiple years in a row. Um, even if, if I think that might be a little bit of a stretch, um, it's such a positive label for South Korea that hopefully the government is going to recognize that's very important and uh, continue to keep that up. And if that means changing some of the obstacles that you've been talking about, then I guess it's just a win-win situation. Right. Well, Rob, it's always been great to speak with you a little longer than we were last time around. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk again next week.
1: All right, sir.